What happened here? Kevin Durant is going to sign with the Nets four years, $164 million. He will join Kyrie Irving. There was equally strong information the last couple of days that he might just stay in Golden State, rehab there, but he's had a connection with Kyrie Irving for a long time. He's had a, he's one of his best friends is DeAndre Jordan. When he was going through his free agency a few years ago, DeAndre was the guy he was calling. Who do you think is going to have the bigger impact next season? I think it's going to be Kemba. When you think of the Celtics, you think of championships. Sure. You think of winning. And that's what I'm about. Courtney Adrian Wojnarowski, Miami, is finalizing a sign-and-trade with Philadelphia to acquire Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, there we go. That domino South has beach. fallen, which is really interesting because it affects Philadelphia, right? Which thinks that right? Ooh. Which thought that they were a bouncer two away from Kawhi Leonard affects the Heat, obviously, and could affect the Clippers, who are now not going to pair Jimmy Butler with Kawhi Leonard. Oh, what? Yep. Well, well, there's more. somebody else coming to town. Go. Five-time also, Al Horford has agreed to a four-year, hundred and nine million dollar deal with the 76ers. Whoa! Woo! That's right. This is the Free Association podcast. I'm Donovan Bennett. He is J.D. Bunkus. We are still waiting, just like you, for Kawhi Leonard to sign. I mean, maybe we're not right now by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, depending on when you're listening to this, he could have signed. But I I think the entire basketball world is being a little bit impatient for what is probably the biggest decision of his life other than when he proposed. I think this is bigger. (laughs) A whole country. This is a whole country, more than just a couple of families. This is so much bigger than that. This is two different countries. I agree. I think people are being a little impatient, but I understand it. I would have been probably a little bit more upset if I was a Lakers fan or a Clippers fan, though. A Raptors fan, your fate was sealed. You always knew it was going to be this way. At least you can still dream on Kawhi Leonard coming back. If you're a Lakers fan or a Clippers fan, you watched every free agent on the planet sign with a different team while Kawhi Leonard sat and made his mind. Yeah, but that's a you problem. That's not Kawhi's problem. He plays at his own pace. He's going to make his decision at his own pace. I think we are losing track of what free agency is normally like. This is actually normal. When did KD make his choice to return to the Warriors? It was like three or four days. Yeah, that's that's so. Because that's where the the entire Russell Westbrook photo of the cupcake at the July 4th barbecue came from. Which which was a, a great mention in that article. LeBron made a decision on July 9th. Like, we are, full disclosure, recording this, midday July 3rd. A couple things happened. One, this year, the NBA moved the time up to June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern, and we saw a flurry of moves like we've never seen before. One, I think, because the agents and the GMs were all awake at the same time. Mm -hmm. And two, because we just had so many big names on the board at the same time. But I do think that's part of the reason why everything was fast-tracked, just because it was at a normal hour for people to have discussions. Thus, we had sign-and-trade upon sign-and-trade upon sign-and-trade. We have a league that no matter what you try and do, there's going to be a ton of tampering. Someone tweeted out the the video today of Kyrie Irving talking to reporters after the All-Star game and how pissed off he was that people were insinuating he and KD planned on teaming up. Remember that? He was like, it's not good for the NBA. Who's this good for? This isn't fun. This doesn't make the league any better. And he chastised all those reporters. And now he is a Brooklyn net. And he is there with Kevin Durant, the guy that he probably colluded with for, I'm going to say, at least an entire season. There was a lot of smoke there for an entire year. But in fairness, he was answering questions. And KD had a very angry press conference along the same lines, called out Ethan Sherwood-Strauss. He was answering (laughs) questions about 
teaming up with KD to become a New York Nick. Yeah. So technically, oh, technically he wasn't he was right? lying because okay. okay. he's okay. not a New York Knickerbocker right now. I think you touched on something there, though. This is just the, the sign of the times. We've never seen a day like June 30th, and we're going to get into that. And that's part of the reason, the main reason I would say that we're going to do this podcast at this time is we want to be able to touch on the landscape of the NBA and you know what Kawhi Leonard is how he's weighing this decision and what he's looking at in terms of the conferences, who's better, who's worst, who did well, and who's where. But how everyone signed on June 30th, you ended that day with, holy crap, who's left? I remember looking around, D'Angelo Russell, I think, was the last major move of the day. That came through around, I think, 11.30 Eastern time. And I remember doing the scan, and it was DeMarcus Cousins and... Marcus Morris. Well, it's still DeMarcus and Cousins. I know, but it's just, you looked at the list of names that were left and it was pretty wild. And I think that's a sign of one thing, which is the NBA has probably more tampering than ever. And two, in terms of that impatience from fans, I think this is a sign of the times. You saw everything happen all at once. So everyone now thinks, okay, well, let's get this over with. We've, we've all got it out. All the information is there, Kawhi. What are you waiting on? You have everything in front of you. It should be easy to decide this, essentially. You know what the Raptors are offering. You've had your meeting with the Lakers. You've had your meeting with the Clippers. The league is already set up the way that it is. What are you waiting for? And two is just like, we're an instant gratification society. <laughs> like That's what we've become. And if you don't get the news that you want, the day that you want it, it feels delayed. Have you ever had an Amazon package that came a day late? No. Exactly. You don't even know how to survive if you had an Amazon package that came a day late. You'd be up in their customer service, bitching and complaining, asking them what the hell is going on, ask them for free. You would want your products for free because you would be saying to yourself, I was promised that this would be delivered on this day. So people just want to know, man. People need that information. People need that intel right now, and they're sweating it out, especially if you're a Lakers fan, I think, more than anybody. Louis C.K. has, I suppose say had, because... He's not. No, really, he's still alive. I know, but he's, he's not really uh, in the positive minds of most of the public. So your views Separate on the art Louis from the C.K. aside, he has had a great bit where he talked about getting Wi-Fi on a plane. Oh yeah, you've heard. Of, you know, of course, this? like it was on a Tonight Show. The point of the story is that this thing that you didn't know that you had that seemed outrageous. What do you mean? I'm getting Wi-Fi on a plane. I can go out on the internet. I don't have to put this thing on airplane mode. And then as soon as it doesn't work, you're like outraged. Mm -hmm. How dare you not give me access to the World Wide Web while I'm flying in a spaceship in the sky from one destination to the other very safely. And I think that's where we are with free agency, where like, it's not that long ago that we'd have to pick up the sports section the next day to figure out what happened. Now people are upset if they missed a push alert. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in so many chat groups with friends just in case if there's a chance that i miss something i know one of the guys or girls in those groups are going to push me that woge tweet mm -hmm. that woge bomb so i'm up on it like everyone else i have insurance on my push alerts <laughs> that's how much i want to know everything so quickly we should talk about woge we should talk about is woge. woge the most dominant athlete of all time so i have richard deitch on good show today and my main topic of conversation for him well, you had him on Good Show because no one's going to listen to this before your show. You're right. On. You're right. Trying to work with the timeline here. This is basically a back to the future type of movie. I had him on Good Show by the time people are listening to this. My main topic of conversation today is, is Adrian Wojnarowski the most influential and important member or valuable 
member of sports media today. Remember when people thought Woj was slipping and Shams had surpassed him? Dude, remember even a couple of days ago when Steiny Mo was having some tweets and everyone was saying to themselves, hey, uh, I saw one tweet. Uh, scoreboard check. I think Mark Stein is doing a little bit better than Wojnarowski. That flurry that Wojnarowski had, that was a Clay Thompson-esque 37 points in a quarter. Or whatever it is that Clay is, or 37 and a half. When DeMar DeRozan was like, yeah, I'm the sacrificial land, Mark Stein is like, I understand. Yeah. I totally understand. Because Woj is the Kawhi of this situation. And it's not just him. He's shared some bylines with Ramona Shelburne. They've broken some stuff together. Yes. Zach Lowe mm-hmm. has added some details. But... You get the sense that they're adding color to the story, that really the figures and who's going where is all Woj. And I just, just don't really understand why everyone is like, yeah, here's the info, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one, even in the NFL. How do you think he got the KD news? Who do you think gives that to him? Is that the Warriors? It's got to be, right? Because Rich Kleinman and KD had real reasons to want that to be broke at hey, six o'clock on their page. I wasn't following the boardroom on Instagram until exactly. I found out I need to follow the boardroom. <laughs> Pretty on anticlimactic but, post by the boardroom. I got to say, I thought I was expecting a little bit more there. I mean, I'm not a social media maven, but there's two schools of thought. Climbing may want you to go to the boardroom on Instagram to get the news. So thus let's tell Woj that the news is going to be on the boardroom on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea how he gets the info and he, had to fight about the info that he got from the Knicks in terms of Katie not being offered the full max because they were worried about his health. And I, in a weird way, don't blame them. Like everyone is crushing the Knicks and I, there are are many reasons to crush them. But on that part of it, I'm like, well, they're actually trying to be prudent for once. Mm. I don't You're not buying that. No, I'm not buying that. Because? But I was going to save this for our winners and losers of free agency, but I just I can't buy the Knicks as a winner because, one, you're such a loser franchise and your fans have been through so much. The idea that you wouldn't take a risk on Kevin Durant to me is just hilarious. The idea that they pushed out that memo of... How'd the risk on Amari Stoudemire turn out? At the beginning, it was okay. If they would have paired Amari Stoudemire with... Also, let's not compare Kevin Durant to Amari Stoudemire, right? The, the point is the methodology with yeah. which you use to sign the player. I get it. I understand that there's risks to signing Kevin Durant. I just think that there's a greater risk if you're the New York Knicks to just let him walk down the street to the Nets and actually allow them to build a fan base and allow them to build, yeah, some real momentum for probably the first time in their franchise's history. Do you of honestly actually think take- the Nets are going to surpass the Knicks in New York? No, I think it'll be a baby steps though. And I think that the Knicks don't want to lose anything. And here's what I'll say. I just think that the risk was worth it. That Kevin Durant to me is going to be 32 years old coming off that Achilles injury. The risk of re-aggravation seems to be the thing that doctors are most worried about. They think that once you have the Achilles injury, the risk of re-injury is fairly high. It's high enough for a guy that uses his legs like a basketball player does at that age that it will happen to you again. I would just look at it and say, what else were you going to do? What was your plan? They didn't go the Nets route where they decided to, you know, gather picks and take on some bad contracts. Instead, they went out and they paid all this cap money for Bobby Portis and on uh, short term deals. Sure. But it's just, these are guys that I don't know what their value is really around the league. Like, why are you giving Bobby Portis $15 million? I would have kept my cap space open and I would have tried to allow teams with bad money come to me as a salary dump and say, okay, you want to dump an Andre Godala? Sure. You can dump Andre Godala here. We'll take the first round pick that it's going to require for you to move him. Oh, you want to dump Hassan Whiteside? Cool. We're the landing ground for you dumping Hassan Whiteside. We'll make sure that we're going to get those draft picks that we're going to build those assets and build up the right way. I just think that 
pissing away all that salary cap space was stupid. You can talk me into not going after Kevin Durant. I think you should have. I think he's the best scorer that I've ever seen in my life and that he's still going to be able to replicate that when he comes back from the injury. But the idea that you would just use up all that cap space immediately, I I think is a little bit foolish. See, I'm not worried about the cap space because, again, there's not five-year deals. They're going to have that space when it is time for the summer of Giannis. They're taking the slow approach. They're not going to be that good in the next couple years. That's what I'm saying. The slow approach is being like the Clippers or like where you just said, yep, okay, we're going to amass draft picks. You want to move some salary here? We'll take a draft pick. But they still have Being their like own the picks. Memphis Grizzlies. I know they have their own and picks, but don't you I want the, more? Don't think, you want to do what Brooklyn did? Yes, but I think the point is they're not going to be very good. So they're going to allow Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett to develop and be the main guys on their team yep. and keep their picks. And then could they sprinkle in in the future a Giannis or a Bradley Beal? Sure. I love how we're already doing this. Like maybe Giannis will care about the Knicks. Well, they, here's, they, the, here's a fact. Giannis Atenakumbo is not going to the Knicks. Put this down in the document or wherever we put these archive sound. I promise you, any Knicks fan that is listening to this, you have 0% chance of acquiring Giannis Atenakumbo in 2021. Zero. Well, and I, I can't wait to see you dream on it for the next two years. But I also think they had 0% chance of winning a championship with their current core and locker room killer Kyrie Irving and a less than 100% Katie. Oh yeah, you're punting on one year. You're just hoping that you're getting into next season and you're adding to this group, that you're adding another draft pick, you're adding another asset. Listen, you didn't trade away Chris Tapp's Porzingis to make cap space for Bobby Portis. Well, that's the thing. Okay? And, and the point is in if you isolate the decision of do we want to forge our future with a guy in Kyrie who hasn't been able to handle the media in Boston, is he going to be able to do it in New York and kill our young locker room as well as KD, who may or may not be himself, is that our best bet? For Brooklyn, I think it's different because I think you need the cachet. You need the big names. You need to be legitimized. And you already have a crazy, crazy core around him that's both young, getting better, and fits with those two guys. So, yeah, you can challenge right right away. With the Knicks, you would still need to do more, and you'd still be a couple years away. So that's why I think the calculation is different. The problem is for the New York Knicks, I don't have an issue with the isolation of that sole decision. The problem is when you look at it in totality, mm-hmm. trading Chris Stapps when you didn't necessarily have to, basically saying, yeah, we're all in for this summer. Not just basically saying by trading Chris Stapps, That's what I'm your saying. owner actually said it. Said your fans are going to be happy with who you bring in. And you've put all this stock in, yeah, we're going to get Zion, and you didn't. You put all this stock in, we're going to get free agents this summer, and you didn't. So now you've sold the bill of goods that you can't cash in on. That, I think, is the issue in totality the way they've run their business. But this decision in isolation, I think for once they're trying to be responsible, they nah. just have marketed themselves the opposite way. You know what they're doing? It. They're doing the, it was mutual. You know, someone who got stu- gets dumped, he's like, hey, you go, oh, it was mutual. We both we both were at this, we just didn't feel comfortable together. It just wasn't the same. Uh, we we both wanted to split up. She she wants to go do her own thing, and I you know I, I don't want to be tied down right now. I'm not thinking about having a family cry. It's no, you got dumped. That's what happened. The Knicks got dumped. They planned their entire regular season around acquiring these two players, and then when they didn't get them, and they didn't even get a seat at the table, they said, "Yeah, oh yeah, well we didn't want you anyways." That was that was the rollout. That's what really happened here. I don't believe any other story. I don't believe that the Knicks did not want to pay Kevin Durant money again. They traded Kristaps Porzingis. They moved everything off the books. They paid through the nose to get rid of Tim Hardaway. And they said, listen, we just want to make sure we have two max slots. 
We're keeping it very public that we believe these two guys are coming. They struck out. They wasted all their cap space. They, no one had a yes. more disastrous year than the New York Knicks. But they also did a lot of that before Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Before Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. And if you believe Woj, he said he had that information early in the process. That's not something that was leaked to him just to save face. That's and part to of the process where the Knicks knew that they weren't getting a seat at the table because Rich Kleinman was already like, yeah, we're not coming there. Possibly. And listen, there are, there are ties to, like I said, to Rock Nation. There are ties to Prince. And okay, you brought it up, so let's let's tackle it. Tampering. A lot of people have issues with it, and it's always a conversation or it's a joke that, oh yeah, just you happen to sign at twelve oh one with yeah. someone who's just waiting at your front door. Do you door. care? Like, I, do you care about tampering? I, I couldn't so there, care less. There are people who are super conservative on this issue. People who are super liberal. I'm moderate. And I think in life in general, everything with moderation makes the most sense. If you are talking to a, an agent about a player, someone around a player, after that player's season is over, before the window opens, sure, whatever, no harm, no foul. That player is going to be a restricted free agent, so these arbitrary timelines of June 30th at 6 o'clock or midnight July 1, who really cares? You're trying to get a landscape of what that player wants, what they need, and trying to make a decision with the rest of your roster. If you're talking to a player in the middle of the season, at the all-star break, years before at times, that player is an unrestricted free agent, and then they sandbag their situation, they force a trade, they do what Anthony Davis did to the New Orleans Pelicans. It's not fair to that franchise, but it's also not fair to the competitive balance of the league. If you played the Pelicans after the AD news went down, and actually they, they played pretty good considering, but AD was either not playing or on a minutes restriction, that changes the league like it does. And so that's where I think it's dangerous. But the fact that, oh, like, I guess Kyrie and Katie never knew what they were going to do until June 30th. Who cares? I don't, I don't care about that. So I think that they're pretty rare situations like the Anthony Davis one where they become just that ugly and that bad. But they're just unavoidable. Do you think it's that rare, though, for top players? I don't, because I actually think that, you know, when you're saying you don't care about the Kyrie-KD thing, I would say that if I was a Warriors fan, I would actually care very much about the KD-Kyrie thing because KD and Draymond Green had a blow-up in the middle of the season where it's being reported that Draymond Green said, like, you're a bitch, we don't need you, we don't need you, we won without you, we don't need you. And to think that that didn't have an impact on the way that the Warriors season played out or potentially Kevin Durant coming back earlier than he probably felt comfortable to try to fit in with that group or to prove something. I think that affected the NBA on just as great of a scale or potentially just as great of a scale as the Anthony Davis thing. I just think these things are unavoidable. But that's also Katie and Kyrie being friends and talking sure. to each other and going to Miami after the All-Star break and basically holding hands for the entire All-Star break. But that's break. the same thing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Is they're friends, they're holding hands, they're in barbershop, but they're that, talking about you know sure. player right and but player that, movement. But that's not Rich Paul going to Woj and saying, Anthony Davis is not going to sign here, 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 or here. So, so figure it out. It's not the results, it's the process for you. The process well, in which you do it and who involves. Well, players being friends yeah. and talking about a future together, like you, that's literally impossible to legislate. And why would you? That's inhumane. But an agent speaking on behalf of a player who's under contract, not just for the rest of the year, for another year about where he wants to go or will not go, like that just doesn't put a, a fire in the Pelicans locker room or in the Lakers locker room, that 
impacts the Celtics locker But room. I think that if you're the Celtics, you're almost happy about this because it gives you some certainty of what you can do. You know you're out of the mix. You're saying, we're not going to give up Jason Tatum because we don't want to sacrifice him for one year of Anthony Davis. You're telling us honestly and publicly that if you make this move, you put a lot of pressure on our organization that, hey, we can't do this because if we fall flat and we don't retain Anthony Davis, our fans are going to be accountable for this, that we're basically showing them the books. That's what Rich Paul is doing. He's saying to the fans, it's not about Danny Ainge. That can be communicated privately. In fact, I think Anthony Davis's father said that earlier in the process was like, we didn't like the way that the Isaiah Thomas thing played out. We don't want to be in Boston. And if you trade for us, we're going to be out of there. You just, you have accountability with your fan base. There's no covering it up. There's no, well, we could have done this. The noise is out in the public. I just think it's really unavoidable to have conversations like you mentioned amongst players a lot of these guys are coming up with agencies like Tobias Harris was signed his contract. His agent is his father. These agents are just so tight knit with these players now that I think you're just running in these really tight, small circles of trust. And when those, that information gets out, it's like, that's just part of the league. Now people enjoy that entertainment. You and I talked once on a radio show about what our favorite part about the NBA is right now. And it's getting closer and closer. The, the games are amazing. The games are super entertaining. I, I think it's the best league on the planet. But the storylines outside of it and the drama outside of it, it's a soap opera. Rich Paul being featured in an SI magazine, like he's the cover guy on SI the month before going to free agency and talking about his roots and his clients and yeah, giving those stories about where he'll go and or where Davis will go and where he won't go. I find that stuff fascinating. It adds to the fabric of the league. I'd be pissed off if I was a Pelicans fan and it shook out that way, but ultimately it worked out for the Pelicans because it was so public that he wanted to be a Laker. The Lakers had to give up a King's ransom to acquire him. They had to give up an unprecedented amount of assets to acquire this player because the whole world knew that the Lakers were the only place that he really wanted to go and they leveraged that situation. So, But it also worked out for the Pelicans because they got the number one pick in the draft. Sure, but like, even, even if they didn't, they got Lonzo Ball, they got Brandon Ingram, they got, what, three future first-round picks, one of which is going to probably land in the double cohort draft. They got quite a bit in that trade. Yes, but we would not be nearly as excited about them if they had the fourth overall pick. I mean, they also had that. True, from the Lakers, but if, they, <laughs> yeah. that, if that was their natural they also had that. pick. I just think it's, it's an issue if the Clippers have a guy advanced scouting a third of the games in the Scotiabank. But Bank. don't you think that has a huge ability to backfire as well. I would just think that if I'm a well, player and I'm in the middle of my season, I'm happy to the player. We're talking yeah. about Kawhi because he probably wants more space, not mm-hmm. want to be stocked the entire time. I, I just think at some point, well, let's just get rid of contracts then. What's the point? Because if that <laughs> get rid of contracts, you can just jump onto a team the next day. But that's pretty much what's yeah. what, where we're going. If nah. you can tamper with a guy who's under contract and you he can't, can say, you can't if, really, like well, well, you're not supposed to. They have these loose rules, but, but there's always going to be my, back channels. That's my point, though. Yeah, you're not supposed to. So if it's happening close to free agency, where Kevin Durant says, "Listen, Bob Myers, you've been good to me. I've been good to you. I'm gonna be straight with you." Has Bob Myers been good to Katie? I'm not, well, we'll find out. I'm not coming back. So do what you got to do. If you want to do a little sign and trade with D'Angelo Russell, if you want to move Andre Iguodala, get those talks underway. Fair enough. But mm. I'm I'm just telling you. That I get you because you're giving them a head start and you're not leaving them to dry. And then, you know, all of a sudden we got letters and comics. How do you stop it? What, what would be your strategy in terms of trying to get rid of this? Because it to me is it's a lot like the drug epidemics that we see where it's like, OK, uh, but drugs are going to keep coming in. You can say drugs are bad. You can do that. All this, that it's like, how are you going to stop them? Because there's just, there's too many. And eventually you got to start just legalizing things and you got to get like, all right, let's figure out what drugs are actually bad and what we can't really have out in the streets. 
and what we can actually live with people just having. And to me, we're kind of at a pretty close balance with that, where the league is going to say, if we catch you doing something egregious, we're going to take away draft picks from you. And so far, teams have been pretty good at avoiding that. They've been using their players to do it. And sometimes it gets ugly, like the New Orleans situation. I just don't know how you legislate it. Like, what are you going to say to agents? We're going to fine you personally. Like, what can you possibly do? What power do you have to actually sanction these things as league? I just, I think it's really, really difficult to say. I want to talk about the leagues with you or the two different conferences and, and who you think made out well. Let's get into that by, we still have no Kawhi news. Again, it's twelve seventeen on Wednesday, July 3rd. I told you guys before I walked in here, I think that if Kawhi Leonard resigns with the Toronto Raptors, he does it today. And if he goes to the Lakers, he does it on July 4th and he makes it a big America splash thing. I don't think it's going to get dragged out that much longer. I think we're close to this thing. But are you surprised that we are in this place at all, Donovan, where he is considering the Lakers so heavily after everything we thought we knew about Kawhi Leonard that it was very little, but that the couple of things we thought we knew about him don't appear to be true. Which is like, he wouldn't want to play with LeBron James. He wouldn't want to be the third fiddle on a team. He wouldn't want to be in the limelight of the Los Angeles Lakers. And that those were not priorities to him. Because to me, the sign that the Lakers have not addressed anything else around that Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma core, other than, yeah, giving Jared Dudley a $2 million contract and signing Tony Daniels, tells me that they feel very confident about Kawhi. Because if they strike out on him, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to make a contender around those two players. What I think about Kawhi is that nobody knows anything about Kawhi. Nobody knows what makes him tick. Nobody knows where he's leaning. And in fact, every rumor I hear that he's going a certain destination makes me just think the opposite. Because, But the fact that he's even considering the Lakers tells us we knew even less about him is the point I'm making. Not really. I mean, he, the thought was that he wanted to go to Lakers last year and either one, the Spurs didn't want to trade him there. And I two get that. was that he didn't want to be with LeBron and he didn't want the drama. No, two was that the Lakers stance was these guys want to come here. So why are we going to give up assets to get them? We're going to get them. That was their stance with Paul George. Didn't work. They had the same methodology with Kawhi Leonard. We'll see if it works. But part of my pitch, if I'm Messiah jury is listen, Clippers and Lakers can say they want you as much as they want. Who put up a real capital for you? Who at the end of the day was willing to give up real assets, put their neck on the line for you? I was. We were. So uh, if I'm Kawhi, though, I just simply say, and I and I rewarded you for that. If, if you're Kawhi, you just blink. <laughs> yeah, you're like <laughs> yes, and we have, and now you are rewarded with the Larry Ob that I brought you. And the only thing that I suppose is close to credible was Perkins tweeting because I mean he tweeted the KD news and he doesn't seem like someone who's trying to break a story, but. Anyone who says any rumor about Lakers are ahead, Lakers in the league. No, that stuff's crazy. Nobody knows. No, no, I'm not saying the Lakers are ahead. I'm just saying that they must feel fairly confident because the risk of letting, say Kawhi doesn't sign there. What do they do now? They don't have anyone to trade to go acquire somebody. I know, but at least the Clippers still have a bunch of draft picks. They'll still have their cap space. They had a competitive team last year. They can let... Shea Gilgis Alexander grow another year into his role. They can actually package a bunch of their stuff to still go out and get something via trade. They could still say tomorrow, okay, what's out there? Who who wants to be on this Clippers team? Like, wh- if you want to dump a contract or if you want to move a player, we're going to be here for that. What was the Lakers' they still have alternative? A this they, is what I'm going to say. And, and it's a great point. They may know that they've got him, 
or they may not know and they can't make a move. Because what are they going to do? Sign Kemba Walker? Sign D'Angelo Russell? They're going to give away that space without knowing what Kawhi's decision is, thus making a decision for him? They're stuck. Mm -hmm. They're stuck with a depth chart of James Kuzma and Dudley and Caruso and Horn Tucker and Daniels. I love the Daniels. talk about Dudley yesterday. Dudley all of a sudden became a shooter. Everyone's like, Dudley, the shooter. I was like, he takes two a game and he shoots 34%. I was like, he's all right. Wouldn't uh, really be labeling him as a shooter. Listen, uh, on the the minimum or close to it. No, it's a fine contract. There's, there's not many options left. I think you touched on a really good point, though, which is, are we really even sure the Lakers would have been able to do anything? Kemba Walker is an East Coast guy. And it seemed pretty clear from the very beginning that he was going to be a Celtic. He was one of the first guys that we knew with certainty where he was going to land. Maybe the Lakers could have been in that mix if they offered him that same contract, but I'm not sure. I'm not positive about it. Of the elite guys, how many of them had a chance to even. be yeah. a Laker and how many of them did the Lakers want? Okay, let's KD, go through. No. KD, no. KD, 0%. Kyrie, 0%. Jimmy Butler, 0%. Talk, but I know, but it turns out, come on, there's no way yeah. he was going there. Him and KD had it figured out. Yeah. Jimmy Butler wanted to be in Miami. Have you seen Jimmy Butler down in Cuba, or sorry, in Miami right now with playing the cigar, with the, with the hat, playing dominoes? Mm-hmm. Like, there's never been anybody who wanted to be a Miami Heat more than Jimmy Butler. Like, he is, he's so thrilled to be there. So those three guys are completely off the list. D'Angelo Russell is off the list because it would have had to be a sign and trade. The Warriors came over the top rope and they had, they leveraged the situation. The Lakers still would have been waiting on D'Lo to make that work. And it seemed like there was some pretty legitimate Minnesota hype as well. That it was like Carl Anthony Towns, he wanted to play with him. Posted his Instagram right. story. Oof, tough, tough look for for Cat. <laughs> He's stuck with Wiggins now after wanting D'Angelo. But the Warriors had to give something up to get D'Lo. What else are we talking about here? Like, what else is even the landscape for superstars? There really wasn't one. So maybe the Lakers struck well, out on the overpaying. The other option was breaking that money up and That's signing I mean. multiple players. But they, so they weren't getting Toby Harris. That was the other guy. He re-signs with the Clippers and he gets big money. They weren't getting Al Horford. Are you guys friends? You call him Toby? Yeah, he's to- Toby and Bobby. You don't know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's Toby I, and Bobby. I, I refer to him as Tobias. So Come they're on. not getting Tobias Harris. And so, yeah, you're right. They could have broken up that money and done what the, the Knicks did. Like you could have given Bobby Portis that $15 million and JJ Redick $12 million. I'm not sure that's worth it. It's definitely better to wait for Kawhi Leonard and then try to go pick through the scrap heap of, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins and uh, Marcus Morris and whatever, and Rajon Rondo, whatever else is down there. I just think that the gap between those players and those tiers is so more minuscule than the gap between the, the players, like a guy like Kawhi Leonard and what he can do for you. Well, this is musical chairs for real in terms of how many guys have moved around to different spots and everyone gets excited about the moves. But then you got to look at the rosters and how many teams actually got better. There's one chair, I suppose, in Kawhi Leonard and three teams running around trying to, to jump and sit on it before the music stops. And there's going to be two teams left with a fan base that's pretty disappointed. Again, I think the Raptors knew this was a possibility, so I think the fact that they still have champagne in their eyes helps that heartbreak a little bit. It'll be heartbreaking if Kawhi leaves. I don't know. It will be. People will always look back on this fondly. It will change nothing about the championship, but you can't go from having a player like Kawhi Leonard and what he's meant to this city and what he's meant to this franchise and lose him to the Lakers and LeBron James, who, you know, historically crushed this franchise and sleep well at night with well, it. There will be no burning of his jersey. No, no, no. Like, it, well, be, that's heartbreaking. People in bars watching and no, then losing No, you can be minds. heartbroken but not angry. Like, again, when going back to a breakup analogy, you don't have to be the boyfriend who drives and 
parks in her driveway and starts yelling at her and saying, come on, I just want to talk to you. You can give her a space and you can cry alone in your bed. And that's the kind of people I think that Raptors are going to be. They're going to be the person who gets dumped and they, they turn on some, some sad songs, maybe some old school Aerosmith, don't want to miss a thing, and then cry a little bit, try to move on. Try to move on with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Amal brought this up and he's 100% correct. I don't know what's going on in your life, but a lot of boyfriend girlfriend analogies. <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to well, move on. Well, it's because we're talking about partnerships. It's no. a natural discussion. I think it's because you lack Listen, general I, perspective. No, no, on no. I'm, I am very, very comfortable in my relationship. So if you're Kawhi Leonard, again, we don't know anything about him. It seems like even the things we thought we knew, we don't. You're examining the landscape and you want to say, all right, well, where do I want to win? How do I get more rings? I saw a clip of Masai Jerry today. He was in London and he described the conversation he had with Kawhi. You meet with a player and they ask you a hundred things. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? How are we doing this? How are we doing this? And Kawhi only asked me two questions when I, when I met with him. Two things that he wanted to know. He wanted to know if I was staying in Toronto. And he wanted to know how we get to make the team better. And Masai said he just kept saying championship and championship to the point where he was jokingly getting sick of it. And some of that's probably just, you know, Masai working as a salesman. But I do believe Kawhi cares about winning. I saw the board man gets paid. I saw how happy he was at the parade. We actually saw some personality. Dude wants to win. He wants to be one of the greatest players of all time. He could win in any of the three situations. Okay, So, so take that off the oh, table. So I think the Clippers is, are out. I think the Clippers are donezo because I don't see how without a secondary star there right now that Kawhi would run that season, pass up the one and one with Toronto or pass up playing with LeBron James and AD in the same market. I mean, they won, little four, brother. they won 48 games last year. They took yep. the Warriors to six games. Yeah, they're okay. And you, and you just drop Kawhi you, on that team. Do you think that with Kawhi on that team, they're going to be the without a doubt favorites to come out of the West? I think it'd be them and Utah. So you're putting them already ahead of the Rockets. You're putting them ahead of the Warriors. You're putting them ahead of the Lakers. I don't know, man. They're oh, in I'm, that de- I'm definitely putting them ahead of the Lakers. Okay. Who's playing for the Lakers? I, Are they're you? still going to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And they're going to have 10 guys yeah. on the veteran hey, minimum. I'm with you. What and a bunch is, of veteran minimum guys that are hey, good have already been being picked up. This is why. And Davis would look great in the Lakers uniform right now. Thank you. If I'm Kawhi Leonard and I'm looking at the Lakers situation, I'm saying, hmm, okay. Lakers. Anthony Davis, LeBron James. LeBron James is telling me that this will be my franchise a year from now or two years from now when he wants to leave Los Angeles and pursue wherever his son gets drafted. Okay. Fine. Am I sure the Lakers are going to compete for a title? Like, am I sure I'm signing up for the Warriors 2.0? Because that roster still has a lot of holes. And If they have Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and LeBron on the same team? Yeah. Do you think that it's a without a doubt situation that they win a title? Because to me, yes. the, okay. I'm a little bit more skeptical about it. I would look at some teams in the NBA and say, they could beat them. They could find a way to beat that team. They especially could, considering they just don't have any depth. They're not going to have any depth. They're probably going to be signing guys like Carmelo Anthony off of the scrap heap. They're going to be signing guys like Rajon Rondo off of the scrap heap. Who's the point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers right now? Are you? Can you play? LeBron James? Can you like, pl- it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So do, so, do you think you can play a lineup of LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard all at the same time? I think there has never been in the history of the NBA a team with three of the best five players in the league on the same team. Well, I think we've that's seen the Warriors. Happened. Who are the three of the best five? Not three all stars. Well, three the best of the five? best five. Is Anthony Davis is in the top five? So who's out? Harden, Curry, KD. 
I guess KD's out next year, so we'll let's just say he's not even on the list. Well, J- James and Kawhi are certainly in the in the top five, and okay. I, I think Anthony Davis is in when he finishes the season, which Giannis. is another question, is in the MVP conversation every year. Giannis, sure, would, Harden. would be there. I would Anthony Davis over Harden. I take Anthony Davis over Harden all day. Okay. I mean, there, Harden, are two, there are two ends of the floor. Uh, I'm sure. And Harden last year was like one of the deflection leaders, had a bunch of steals. He was a lot better on defense would last you, year. His you, team has gone a lot further than Anthony Davis's teams. I would take Harden over Davis. He, Anthony Davis has played with literally Drew Holiday and nobody else. Who did, who did James Harden have before Chris Paul arrives? Eric Gordon? Clint Capella? Is that so much worse than Drew Holiday and Julius Randle? I don't know. Yes. Nikolai Miritich? I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I, I think that the cast thing for Anthony Davis is a little bit overplayed sometimes. I'm not sure I would put him top five. I'd put him close. He's obviously one of the best players in the NBA. We're okay, kind of nitpicking here, but either Three way. Three of the top 10. Sure. Is that <laughs> no. fair? Okay, you're right. We, you're, we got bogged down Honor, in the wrong thing. We got bogged down the in the wrong 10. thing. We got bogged down the wrong thing. I'm with you. It On paper, it looks great. I just, there's some things missing behind it. And yeah, man, you're an injury away from, what are you? That's true, but that's the case literally for every team. In can the you load manage Kawhi Leonard on the Lakers, and and can that team with those players get through a regular season and finish with home court advantage I don't, for does, twenty games? Does it matter if they can have you home sit court LeBron advantage? twenty games? Can you sit KD twenty or Kawhi twenty games and Anthony Davis ten games and, and get through the regular season with home court and chemistry? Do you need home court? Doesn't matter. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm not as convinced that that Lakers team is going to be as dynastic as we want to put them on paper down as I still think that the Warriors are not getting enough credit I think that the Rockers are not getting enough credit because they're old news and people want to like talk about the new sexy thing that the Utah Jazz are flying a little bit now now the Jazz are actually flying into a little bit overrated territory but they had a great offseason which conference do you think is better right now if you were Kawhi Leonard if you join the Raptors do you have an easier path with the Raptors or is it an easier path with the Lakers to a title the West is better than the I agree Listen, I, first Denver? of all I think you're sleeping on how good LeBron is LeBron last year 27 oh I'm not he's, he's the greatest player of all time from the to floor me. 8 rebounds 8 assists on a down year while mm-hmm. hurt playing with his worst cast if you gave him Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis those are the, his two best teammates he's ever had mm-hmm. at the same time I think if he goes there, the Lakers are a problem, which is why oh, I yeah, hope he doesn't go there because I would like the league Dude, to be somewhat competitive. Again, of course, of course, they're going to be a problem. I just, I still think the league would be more competitive than people so are making take, it out to see. Would, so would you take the field? Yeah, for sure. Over the LeBron James Lakers? No. Absolutely, I'll take the field. In no. fact, do you want to make that bet right now? No, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to even speak into okay. existence. <laughs> he's going to be a Laker. <laughs> All right, if he they, does become a Laker, let's revisit this. We've had the conversation of the West and the East. I will give you my rankings of teams as things state right now in both the West and the East. And as, as we wrap it up, you can tell me where my methodology is flawed. So I can play higher or lower. Sure. Okay. Let's just play with nobody on the board in terms of the Raptors and the Lakers and say, we'll just go by everybody else because we don't know what those two teams are going to be. Fine. Sure. I think, I mean, I think if Kawhi comes back to Toronto, I think there's in a conversation for the best team in the East. Same. And if he doesn't, I think, they're struggling to make the playoffs. They're like six, seven. So after Toronto, if, if Kawhi goes, I still think Milwaukee is at the top, followed by Philadelphia because Brooklyn doesn't have KD. You think Philadelphia is one? I think Philadelphia is one in the East. Who's taking their last shot? Joe Embiid. Here's my case for why Philly jumps over the Milwaukee Bucks. Who was the second best player on the Bucks against the Raptors? Who are you the, the most afraid of after Giannis? Brogdon. Same. That's exactly how I felt okay. about it. Who's the best player for the Sixers against the Raptors? To- well, I mean, in game three, it was Joel Embiid. 
Okay, but that's you're right. One it was Jimmy game. Butler. No, no, no. I'll Thank get there. You. I'm with you. I, would I trade JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler for Al Horford, Horford and Josh Richardson? No, I wouldn't. I think that the Sixers took a bit of a step back that way. I just think that the Bucks roster, they made a big mistake in deciding to prioritize. The first mistake they made was giving out that contract to uh, Bledsoe in the middle of the season where they just said, yep, Eric, here's your money. Uh, we're going to sign you up to this now because you'd rather have Brogdon and Bledsoe. I'd rather have Brogdon than Brooke Lopez and especially that contract. And I'd rather have Brogdon on his contract than Middleton. So I think you're losing a really, really important piece and you're running it back as a lesser version of who the Bucks are. I know they didn't have Brogdon for long stretches. This is why I like the Sixers. I think they're going to manage Joel Embiid better next year. I think that they are going to look at what the Raptors did with Kawhi Leonard and say, okay, we have Al Horford. He can give us a center position player that doesn't absolutely kill us when we don't have Joel Embiid on the floor. We're going to sit Joel for 20 games. We're going to make sure that he is healthy for the playoffs, that he is in shape for the playoffs. And I truly believe that if Joel Embiid is healthy and he is at his best, he is right there with Giannis Antetokounmpo, with LeBron James, with Kawhi Leonard in that group of the best players in the NBA. Well, that's a nice hypothetical on what they might do. So unless you've spoken to Brett Brown, I can't go down that road with you. I'm just looking at the rosters. And Philly, are they scary defensively? Certainly. But are they much worse offensively? Certainly. Got to give them credit, too, for keeping their guys, Mike Scott and James Ennis, to cheap contracts. Those guys wanted to be there, and they signed on the cheap. Uh, yep. I have Brooklyn behind them, assuming Kyrie doesn't Brooklyn blow ahead of Boston. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Okay. okay. Major controversy now. Oh, I'm sorry. Make the case for are Brooklyn you, with you, Kyrie being better than Kemba and the Celtics. Number one, did you see Boston last year? Yep. They were not very good for large stretches. Your boy, Al Horford, mm -hmm. Mr. Friggin' Plus Minus All-Star, mm -hmm. is no longer on the team. Totally. Breaks my Kyrie heart. Kyrie Irving, their best player, no longer on the team. So if we're talking the scenario of would you trade this for that, would you trade a Morris, Horford, and Irving for Kemba Walker? And I love Kemba Walker. And if it was just a swap of Kemba Walker and Kyrie, sure, because Kyrie's a little bit better offensively. Kemba is a lot better culturally. But they lost three rotation players and brought in Well, Kemba. Morris might come back. There's still word that Morris can come back. Did you not hear the part where we were judging the rosters as yep. of today? Yes, and here's the thing. When you touched on the chemistry and the hierarchy, we've had this conversation before, and it's something I've done on our radio a lot. I think the Raptors' win and the Celtics' complete turmoil last season was an exercise in how important hierarchy is and chemistry is in the NBA and in NBA locker rooms. And that... Sometimes if you remove a guy like Kyrie Irving and you replace him with someone like Kemba Walker, who wants to be there, is one of the most popular guys around the NBA, one of the more trusted guys around the NBA, going into an offense that has historically done extremely well with point guards of his ilk with Brad Stevens, that we forget what we thought of Jason Tatum a year ago. We forget what we thought of Jalen Brown. Yeah, we forget because they played terribly. I know. And what I'm saying is that with Kyrie gone and an actual team first mentality with the Boston Celtics... I think that we could see real growth from Jason Tatum. I think we could see real growth from Jalen Brown. And I think that Kemba Walker can be just as good, if not better, for them than Kyrie Irving was last year. But Losing not, Horford hurts. But it's not just Kyrie gone. I know it's, it's not. Kyrie it's Kyrie gone and Morris and Horford and Rozier. But my case is not, well, Terry Rozier, I, I think, was the probably the worst contract that got handed out in this offseason. But sure, I'll just but say this. But when they were... Team yep. chemistry. Yep. Rozier was, was the guard great. in the playoffs. So but that's, that's still a loss. But they can supplement him with Kemba Walker and Smart. Is that they can have those two guys back there and feel pretty comfortable with what they have. I look at the Celtics and I say, you've got a better coach than Brooklyn. You've got more depth than Brooklyn. You've got more like good quality, can get their own buckets guys than Brooklyn. 
And I trust them to be better next year. It's not that I think maybe the Celtics have a more talented roster than they had a season ago. They don't. But I do think that they have a more talented roster than Brooklyn, and I think they will finish higher in the standings. And well, I, let's not forget that Gordon Hayward is actually still alive. Uh, yeah, okay. Also didn't play well <laughs> last year. And I, I, I also he's think that pretty good after the we're getting break. way too in the weeds on the Boston Celtics because nobody cares about their roster as much as you do. I, I'm telling you, Boston Celtics will be a really good team next year. I'm telling you, the listeners of our podcast don't care. I'm finishing the East with Miami, Seven and Orlando in the West, Utah, Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston. I even like New Orleans over Los Angeles, Dallas. I wouldn't be surprised if both Oklahoma City and Minnesota did not make the playoffs. Wow. And Memphis and Sacramento are going to be much better next year. That's 12 good teams in the West. Mm -hmm. I barely got to eight. I gave Miami some love because they got Jimmy Butler but they still lost some good pieces. And I'm just giving Orlando some love because they're virtually running back with a team that made the playoffs Dude, a year the, ago. The, the West is really deep. You just I, I agree with you. New Orleans is going to be a tough out next year. It's not going to be a layup to go in there and just beat that team. The Grizzlies are going to be frisky. The Sacramento Kings are going to be frisky. So if you're the Lakers and you're deciding to do load management, you're not going to have as many opportunities where you're going to be able to stack up wins. I think the Lakers with Kawhi, yes, they're getting into the playoffs. It's going to be tough. That conference is really good. I would say my rankings of that conference, non-Lakers included, right now would be, I hate doing this, but I still think Golden State is at the top of the mountain. I think the D'Angelo Russell trade was an awesome trade for them. Yes, they gave up a future first-round pick. Yes, they're going to pay billions of dollars in luxury tax. Iguodala loss hurts. He, he's definitely a loss, but here's the thing. Iguodala was looking pretty washed. And Iguodala, not when he stripped Damian Lillard to seal a series. Totally. But or when he led the playoffs in dunks. But he's been hurt the last two years. He's been hurt in the postseason. He's, what, 36 years old. He's on a book tour. He's now going to be a guy. But no, I'm just saying <laughs> like that. I can't sell books. No, I'm saying that he knows that the end is near. He talks about retirement <laughs> every single season. Tour. He's on a book tour. Okay. He knows the end is near, yeah. that the, the career is wrapping up. I didn't know your jumper doesn't go in but as soon as you step into Barnes and What did the Warriors Nobles? need last year? I know they, were, they had a defensive identity. That was a really underrated thing about them over the last two years. But what did the Warriors need against the Raptors? They needed secondary scoring. Stay healthy, but they needed secondary scoring. That when you can scheme up for just throw all of your defense at Steph Curry, there was not another piece around them that could supplement any of the scoring. Now with D'Angelo Russell, you have another guy in the offense that you have to respect. And I think Clay Thompson will come back. I think that team is going to be good enough to get into the playoffs. And then once Clay comes back, a core of Kavon Looney, who they signed on the cheap, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell is still a better five than Maybe anybody that's... Dog. Give some love to Glenn Robinson, the third. Is he there? I didn't know yeah, he was yeah, there. They signed, they signed <laughs> see, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. If Glenn Robinson, the third, is playing minutes for them, then they're probably in trouble. I still think that the Warriors are the, the best team in the Western Conference when they're healthy. Again, non-Lakers included. After that, I'll say Utah. Utah has had the best offseason, not of anybody. Like The upgrade of Mike Conley from Ricky Rubio is massive especially from just a spacing standpoint and giving them another ball handler who can actually score on his own next to Donovan Mitchell. I don't even think it's the biggest upgrade. The upgrade of Bogdanovich over Korver or Jay Crowder or whoever was going to play on the other side of Ingles. Listen, I am president of the Boyan Bogdanovich fan club. That guy gets buckets and he is just one of those fearless scorers where late in the game, he does not care who else is on the roster. He will go out and get you a bucket. They signed Ed Davis for super cheap. They took a flyer, a cheap flyer on Emmanuel Moutier for super cheap. I just think they're deep. They have star power. They're like the Raptors where they have a hierarchy. They have defense. They can stop you inside. They've got the defensive player of the year last year. They've got an elite score in Donovan Mitchell. 
They're a really well-balanced team. The Rockets, to me, are three. Uh, I'm not writing them off yet. I still think Chris Paul and James Harden are rack up regular season wins. They've been a couple bounces from being away from the Warriors. After that, it's kind of a wash for me. Denver, I've never really been that impressed with. Denver, Portland, Clippers, they're all kind of in a mass for me. Like I, I just see them all kind of as very similar teams in terms of talent and, and upside. we got to go because you actually need I to do. do your real show. Of the 24 All-Stars who played in the 2017 All-Star game, take a wild guess how many have not switched teams since. Okay. Steph is one, Clay is two. Almost uh, coming in with Dame, five. Ooh, I don't know if Dame made the All-Star team. He always gets snubbed from the All-Star team. I'm going to say those two. It's fun when you're just counting the roster in your head. I'm going to say... Joel Embiid? I'll say four. Eight haven't switched teams. Okay, Steph I Curry, went way Draymond too long. Green, Clay Thompson, oh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyle Lowry, oh, Russ, and John so Wall. I'm so two of which... John Wall! Two, oh, I would never got that one, yeah. but I was going through the list. Two of which are currently hurt. Uh-huh. The landscape of the league has totally changed. Totally. And the biggest domino has yet to fall. This is why the NBA Just is stay the Kawhi. Sign the one and one, bro. The East is easier. It's there for the taking. Hey, this is all I'm going to say. But uh, this is to close it. This is all you're going to say? This is it. This is how I'm going to close this podcast. Straight for other like than minutes. other than review, rate, retweet this podcast, share it with friends, do all those things. What is the foundational principle of playing basketball when you are going to play pickup or and, and you go play somebody one on one to win? Mm-hmm. Not only to win, get exercise, run it back. You win, you run it back. You defend the court. King of the court is like the biggest game in all of basketball. Kawhi Leonard, are you really going to go against the most cherished principle in all of basketball, which is if you win, you defend. You win, you run it back. Run it back, Kawhi. One more year. I mean, the only player to win finals MVP and not return to his team was Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who did it twice after three-peating. So you'd think Kawhi would stay, but if you think you know about Kawhi, you have no idea. No one knows. No one knows. We wait. We wait. This has been fun. 